Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. If you are with us for the very first time, I just want to say a, a, a huge thank you. And uh, I pray that this will be a meaningful experience all the way through for you. Let's pray. God, you know what you want to do in this moment. So would you just move supernaturally and surprise us? In Jesus' name, amen. I want to focus today on Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, which is where we've been for the last three weeks as we've continued to work through uh, this series called The Radical Us, what's really radical about our faith, particularly in a pandemic time. And if you missed last week's message where I focused on 1, 9, I encourage you to make sure you go uh, to our website and get that message. Here's what God says to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 9. Of course, you'll remember that Joshua succeeded Moses and he became the leader of the Jewish people just as they're getting ready to cross to go over into the new land of promise. And Joshua, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I wonder as you listen to that text, that last little bit, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I wonder does it impact you kind of the way it's been impacting me for this entire week. It's just been stuck in my spirit and I've been meditating on it. And, And the first thing that really jumps out as I think about that is the personal nature of the relationship that Joshua had with God and the God had with Joshua. And it kind of want to make me, it, it inspires me to ask you the question, what kind of relationship do you have with God? Would you say that it's personal and intimate? It makes me want to ask you the question, if, do you feel like you're close to God right now or very far, far away? Do you feel like you can trust God right now? Or do you feel like you really can't trust God? Maybe you feel like you don't even know that God exists. It dawns on me that many of you are watching for the very first time. You know a lot about who I am. And so I thought I'd take this message and just kind of share a little bit about why I trust God in the middle of this pandemic with all of the escalating statistics and share a little bit about my life and story for you. I think I was about 14 years old when my grand aunt called me in one day, and with a very serious look on her face, she said to me, she said, uh, Herman, you need to get to know Jesus for yourself. She said, Mama's not going to always be here for you, but if you get to know him for yourself, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And what I didn't know was that probably in that period of time in her life, she was just beginning to discover that she had what ultimately would be terminal cancer. She was thinking about her mortality, and she was thinking about how difficult and challenging it was to try to raise me, and she was slowly beginning to see some progress in my life. And she just knew that she wouldn't be around to see that thing get finished. And so she, was, she, she, she almost sounded like, like the verse... Joshua 1.9, she, she essentially was saying to me, son, I, 
I want you to trust Jesus because in him you will find the one who will be the Lord your God and he will go with you wherever you go. Now I was a little confused in that for the most part if you had asked me what I believed about Jesus I grew up in the church her husband my grand uncle was a pastor and I could just lay it out for you real easily. I would have told you right then that I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he uh, lived for 33 years, a life of miracles and love and that he died on the Calvary's cross for the sins of humanity, including mine. And he, 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 he in, in so doing, he handled issues of guilt and shame. And, and, and for me, if I trusted him and, and I would have told you, I do. And, 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 and when he died on the third day he got up with all power of authority of heaven and earth in his hands and he's the only one in all creation that ever got up and if you'd asked me did I believe it I would say absolutely I believe it and yet my grand aunt understood that there's a difference between believing all the stuff you hear about Jesus versus entrusting your life to Jesus and she was really working on that second piece if she had asked me, I would have told her, listen, uh, whenever I'm in trouble, which was tons of time at that time, I, I, I was, Jesus was the first person I called on. But she probably would have responded, there's a big difference between calling on Jesus when you're in trouble and entrusting your life to him. For example, you know, if you're in trouble, you call the police, but that doesn't mean you're going to have dinner with them. It doesn't mean that you know them intimately. If she had asked me, I would have told her, look, I... I, when I'm feeling troubled, I cry out to it. Let me tell you a little bit about my, about my story and why that would have been the case. I was born in San Francisco, the fourth of four children, the only boy. At about six months of age, I broke out with infotigal rash in my head. The doctor diagnosed it correctly, but the prescription, turns out that I was allergic to the medicine. The prescription was wrong. One day, my mother was changing the bandages on my head because I had been gouging and she had bandaged it and as she unwrapped the bandages layers of my scalp unwrapped along with it they rushed me to San Francisco General the doctors thought that I had been in a house fire that my head had kind of blazed up they were frantically working they spilled stuff in both eyes I'm told that my heart stopped beating but thanks be to God that he's a God of grace long before I knew anything about God or Jesus he knew me and he spoke and the doctors were blessed and I'm here I stayed in the hospital for a year, multiple surgeries. When I came out, my dad disowned me. My mom couldn't keep me because she was deathly ill, my birth mom, that is. She was about to put me in a foster home when my grandaunt, who lived in Cachata, Louisiana, said, if you can get him to me, I will keep him. And in that incredible act of generosity, the woman who thought she would never have children of her own ended up receiving a gift from God. She raised me as her own son. The challenge was that I grew up scarred and in special education and for the first few years of my school journey. And so if I wanted to talk to a little girl, she would probably laugh and run off the scene because she didn't want to be seen in public with the ugly kid. If I wanted to participate on a team, either shooting marbles or playing basketball, they would pick the guy that was like way worse than me just because they didn't want the ugly kid on there. So, of course, I was on my bed crying out at night, God, what's up with this? Why are you letting, why are you letting all this stuff happen to me? But I'm sure that I told my grand aunt all of that, she would have just said, listen, son, 
just because you cry out to God for justice doesn't, is not the same thing as entrusting your life into his hands. And son, what I want you to do uh, is not just reach for him when you're in trouble or cry out when you want justice. I want you to entrust your total life into the hands of the one that we know in Jesus Christ. And I want you to make the decision at a moment in time that that the rest of your days, you're going to live those days serving God's purpose as revealed in Jesus Christ. And if I had thought to ask her, well, why? (laughs) Why this approach? She wouldn't have used this language, but this is the point that she was trying to make. She'd probably say something like, son, it's because I'm about to leave the planet, and I want to entrust you and your life into the hands of one that can help you to live a multidimensional life. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, by trusting your life into the hands of the eternal God who's revealed in Jesus, your life will always have height. That when you get up in the morning, you'll get up for for a purpose that's greater than yourself because when your life is designed to serve the eternal God, who's revealed in Jesus Christ, that, 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 that you, you live for something that is higher than yourself. And then she probably would say, and in addition to that, uh, I, I want to entrust you to somebody who sees you the way I see you. What do you mean? I'm sure she would say, boy, I see you. Other people around you, they're distracted by your scars and they're distracted by your horrendous behavior, but boy, I see you. I I see in the mechanism of your mind and imagination as you come up with a thousand and one ways to get on people's nerves and drive people absolutely crazy. But I see such great potential in that same place of imagination and, 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 and thought. Potential for impact. Boy, I see you. I, I, I wonder, can somebody listening to me today hear God say to you, I see you. I'm reminded of a story where a woman by the name of Hagar got kicked out of her house with a little boy and she was in the desert expecting to die. God shows up in the desert and says to her, uh, your life has purpose, your son's life's got purpose, I'm going to bless both, you're going to be all right, I'm going to make a way out of no way for you. And with tears coming in her eyes, she turns to God and she says, oh my goodness, you're the God who sees me. That's what's unique about the God that we now know in Jesus Christ. He is, he's the God who sees. See, for example, when Moses killed the, the Egyptian and buried him in the sand, the general public saw a murderer, but God saw the future deliverer of Israel, only if he could redeem him. Uh, Rahab, when she was in the city of Jericho, the general public saw a prostitute whose life had very little significance as far as they were concerned. But God saw, when he looked at her, was the great-great-grandmother of King David of Israel. There was royalty in her blood. She didn't know it. If only he could just redeem her, and he did. 
I, I think there's probably a guy listening to me now. You're thinking about all the mistakes you've made in your life. And some woman or some person has told you that you're just a big problem. And, 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 and that's all you know about you. But I'm here to tell you that when God sees you, he doesn't just see a big problem. He sees massive potential. If only you would just dare to let him redeem your life. He sees you. You think what my grand aunt was trying to say is, boy, there's only one who says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to give you a future with hope, and that's God. And so what I want you to do is to make your life accountable to his divine purposes and let him lead and you serve, and, and, and he, will, he will bring height to your life. That moment in time came for me. It was on a Friday night in a little small church called Zion Chapel Baptist Church. I was sitting on a bench in something they call revival meeting. The invitation to trust Jesus with my life and my future came, and I decided tremblingly to walk from that bench to the seat, and I sit down, and it was as though the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God fell on me, and tears came. I can't really describe it, but I knew in that moment that God claimed me. And all my inadequacies, all my imperfections, and his redemption started to work in me. The first time I saw mom crying tears just in church was on that night. I, I guess she was, I could almost hear her as she was saying, oh my God, thank you. Because now, not only does he have height, but this God is going to begin to redeem his life. And guess what? This God is going to give him a life that has width, breadth, accomplishment, impact, precious relationships, width, breadth. It took about two years for Jesus to make the trip from my heart to my head, which meant I just kept getting in all kinds of trouble, but I didn't entrust. One day in the 10th grade, I got in a fight over a little girl that wasn't interested in me. I lost the fight and the girl. That's a double. It doesn't get no worse than that. I ended up in the boy's bathroom. And the one who says, the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go, was in the bathroom with me. And I said in an epiphany, I realized I was flunking out of school and my grandma, who's becoming more and more ill in that time, uh, I realized that I didn't want to just dash their dreams and hope by flunking out of school. So I turned to God and I said, look, Jesus, they say if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you move mountains. I really don't need you to move any mountains. I need you to open some doors. I need some opportunity. Uh, if you will help me, I'll bust my backside only if you do three things. I want, to, I want to achieve three things. I want to be on the stage with honest students when I graduate, even though I'm flunking out of school right now. I want to go to college, and I want my grandaunt and uncle to know they have not wasted the better half, uh, the better days of the second half of their lives. I walked out of that bathroom into a, uh, got kicked out of a class into Ms. Gafford's class. She asked a question, I raised my hand to say something funny, out of my mouth came the right answer, and she stopped the class and said, boy, if you stop acting a fool and go home and study, you could be somebody. In retrospect, that was the voice of God talking to me, and I went home and I studied. By the end of that, 
the, the year I was in the top five of a class, I went on and won first place in a regional academic competition, and, and it felt so good to win regional. I, I said, God, next year I'd like to be first in the state, and, and by the time that rolled around, I actually won a competition first in the state, and that felt so great till I said, okay, God, in the final years, my senior year, I'd like to be first in the nation, and I know I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a product of special needs classes, and I know I live in a town that nobody can pronounce, and that my school would not be considered one of the great schools. They don't even know about my school. But, but since you're able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I can ask, think, or imagine, I, I, I'm going to ask you for this. And, and guess what? On graduation night, my principal got a letter. I had entered a competition. And, and right when she was uh, uh, celebrating the honor students, she said, would Herman Hamilton please come to the stage? And I walked up there and she read a letter that I'd won first place in the nation, out of seven, eight hundred folk across the country, and I was going to receive this all-expense-paid trip to the Republic of China, Taiwan. The, the auditorium explodes with, with standing ovation. They'd seen the metamorphosis of my life that was but where God was building with, you see. And, and, and I saw my grandaunt, and tears was coming down her face, and, 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 and God brought back to my memory the prayer I'd prayed in the boys' bathroom that he had heard. I was on the stage being honored with honor students on my way the college and my grand aunt and uncle knew they hadn't wasted their lives that's a God that redeems and brings with and breath to your life went on to college and met and fell in love with my wife who is still my wife for 33 years breath and with graduated went to grad school passed in Tarn, Arkansas ended up in Boston Breath and with led the effort to win near universal health care from the faith based community, and we won breath and with uh, ended up meeting with the uh, mayors, governors, u s presidents, breath and with teaching preaching at Harvard Divinity School, the same guy that was a special needs kid, breath. And with. What's fascinating, guys, though, is I just have to be honest with you. For true, you don't really need to know God to have breath. There are plenty of people who have accomplishment and power and money and they don't know God. You may be watching me right now, right? But let me just point out that while you don't know God, he knows you. And the reason why you have accomplishment and power and influence is is because that's the love of God operating in your life despite whether you know him or not. Skip Vaccarello, one of our elders, tells the story of how he grew up in a household that didn't have a lot of money. Ended up graduating from Harvard. Landed at this company that created the first spreadsheet. And just went up from there corporately. He got to a pinnacle moment in his life and he had money, he had power, he had influence. Second daughter was born. She had a genetic challenge. And suddenly he realized that there are some things that money and power and influence just can't fix. And he realized he had breath. What he was missing was depth. Meaning, purpose. 
And through a miraculous exchange of events, he was ultimately introduced to Jesus Christ. And he did what I did many decades earlier. And he surrendered his life to this God who showed up in, just in, this, in Jesus and started to walk with him. And today he has a life of height and breadth, but he also has a life of purpose. Death. You know, one of the things that this pandemic exposes in us it has the tendency to expose how we often have breath but no depth. My granddaughter, she was here. She said, boy, you got it. She said, look, I wanted you to know Jesus because if you knew him and trusted him and, and served him, he would add height to your life. He'd add breath to your life because he's the redeemer and that's how he does, right? But he would also add depth because he would he would tie every waking moment. If your life is about serving his purpose, every waking moment, whether you're trying to or not, is tied to fulfilling something bigger than yourself. Death. And then lastly, I think as she was here, she said, there's one more dimension I was praying for. Oh, I was praying for it. Uh, it, well, this makes me think of really the prayer, prayer that Paul prayed. I think it was the prayer, it's clear to the prayer that my grandma was praying for me. It's, it's, it's certainly the prayer that I'm praying for you as you listen to this. It's Ephesians uh, 3 and uh, 16. It begins here. It says, Paul says, I pray that from his, meaning God's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with an inner strength through his spirit. And that's what was happening in me. And then in, in, in the next verse, he says, he says, uh, in the next verse, he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into his love and it will make you strong. That's what was happening to me. My granddaughter would say, but there's one other thing, boy. I remember the day that she got ready 24 hours before she died. She had her sister to do her hair, all pretty and nice. And she, she wanted that to be the last picture I would see, and then she sent me back to school. She said she's getting ready to meet her Savior. And I know that in that final moment, in her own way, she was saying to me what she had actually said literally to me. She says, boy, you know, <laughs> when I die... Uh, I, I want to see you again, and my life has length because I've trusted in the one who says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come, that's Jesus, I have come to give you life and that unending more abundantly. I, I've trusted in the one that, that John writes about when he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, and that whosoever believeth in him shall not die, but will have everlasting life not Paris but everlasting 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 life that's length guys and what she was really saying is boy I want you to have length because even if you live a hundred years that's really nothing compared to eternity and I want you to have eternity and if you grab Jesus you've got eternity if Jesus grabs you eternity has you <laughs> and we'll see each other again length I think about Paul's prayer Here's how it ends the next verse. He says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should 
the multidimensional life that comes in Jesus. He says it like this, how wide and how long and how high and how deep God's love is. And I would add, for you, for you. That's who my grandaunt introduced me to in Jesus. And, and you know, that's the, the life that he's given to me. And yet, next weekend, I'm going to share with you on Easter Sunday morning uh, what it was like when he didn't answer my prayers. What it was like when I discovered people dying around me and there were no miracles that came. I want to talk to you about how, how, what did that do? How did that inform my faith? So I hope you come back next week. But, but, but let me just end today by saying, you know, when you walk with God, you end up from time to time walking into valleys. This pandemic is a valley. And yet I can say along with David, Psalms 23, 4, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, escalating alarmist uh, uh, statistics of the pandemic all around me, the virus all around me, yet I will fear no evil. Why? For I know that thou art with me. He's with me. And I want you to know that too. I hope to see you next weekend. Look, would you just join me in prayer and just illustrate that you're praying just by holding your hands out like this? Because I just want to pray for you for a moment. And God, I, I don't know the person who's holding their hands out like this, but you do. Uh, some may be just longing for, they want that eternal life. They want that assurance. Would you just, would you just bless them now as they, as they just say yes? To you, Jesus, you can have total charge of their lives. Would you just bless them? There are others who are just trying to catch their breath. Things are happening so quickly. And they're kind of scared. Would you just show up right now in the midst of their fear and affirm your grip on their lives if simply they will surrender to it? You got them. The others dealing with all kinds of other stuff. I don't know. They don't have, maybe they've lost their job. Or they're dealing with sickness in their body and they don't really. But God, would you just be the God who is indeed a God of healing, a God of deliverance, a God of salvation, a God who redeems. Would you? I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, there's a connection card attached to our website. And if you're watching this on the website, you can simply go to that card and go to Next Steps. If you're in the apps, uh, you can simply go to the, uh, to the Next Steps in, in, the, in the apps. And, and if you're ready to let Jesus have total charge of your life, that you're going to live a life that serves his eternal purposes, all you have to do is just check, I'm going to follow Jesus. Won't you just go ahead and do that now? There's some other steps that you can also check off right now. Under the response to the message, whether you're just coming to faith in Jesus, or you want to take the next step, right? You want, to, you, want to, you want to have more depth with him. You want to get closer to him. I just simply want you to write this as your, as your confession. Just, just write this under the response or check it. If in the app, just check the response to say yes. And what I hope you'll write is this. I will trust Jesus with me. I will trust Jesus with me. I'll see you next week. God bless you. Hey guys, I just want to remind you that Easter is coming. 
And I'm going to need your help to help us reach as many people as possible, inviting them to be a part of our Easter broadcast. Here's the deal. So many people are in desperate need of hope. Folk who've lost their jobs, people are concerned about whether or not they're going to have enough food for tomorrow, those who are dealing with uh, the possibility of illness, etc., and the list goes on and on. There is ultimate hope in Jesus. And so, please, use our app, use the information on our website, go to our Facebook page. There's an invitation there that you can send out. Let's invite people to come and hear and be blessed by all that's going to happen on the broadcast and hear word of hope. Thank you and God bless you.